Hello, I am Chris Marson, and this is the Global City Mission Podcast. Today, I am joined by Joey, our mission mobilizer in Atlanta, Georgia. And today's podcast, we are discussing mobilization and what that looks like for GCMI. So welcome, Joey, and welcome, everybody. So real quickly, the funny thing about this is that when I first came on to Global City, I asked Jared, what? you know, what do you see as mobilization? And he said, I don't know. We're just going to make it up as we go along. So I love that. Yeah. We're just, there's no playbook. We're going with it. Well, and I I think it was last week we were talking about your title and literally made it up as we went along. Yeah. No one is, we don't even know what to call this thing. (laughs) And I, I had a very similar conversation when I first joined the team about my title, which we've made up and remade up. And I honestly don't even remember what's on my business card these days, but, um, but that's okay because that's what missions work is. It's having a plan D and a plan E and just keep on going and doing whatever, whatever Jesus calls us to today. So, so yeah, That's so right. today we're talking about mobilization and, you know, specifically what that means inside of Global City. And so so you're our mobilization, our, our mission mobilizer. Um, so tell us a little bit about that, Joey. What does mobilization mean in kind of a general sense? And then maybe a right. little more specifically, what do we mean by that at Global City? Yeah. Yeah, and that's 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 important because our take at Global City and and of mobilization is probably a little bit different than some other places. But generally speaking, the way that we talk about it, um, sort of the way that we talk about it internally, especially, and the way that I I talk about it with people, is very simply the idea of getting laborers into the harvest. Right. So Luke ten two, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. So you know, we want to get more of those laborers into the harvest. Um, and so one of the things that we sort of talk about at GCMI is what's the central question? Kind of like, what's the driving question? What is it for, for a mobilizer? What is it for a mission catalyst? And so for me, as a mobilizer, really, it comes down to that, that very idea. How do I get more laborers into the harvest that really is sort of the driving question. So in a very general sense, mobilization is really just about getting more people in the field. Okay. So, so mobilization really is, is about recruiting future missionaries then from what it sounds like. Um, Partly. Yeah. I mean, you know, so part of what it is, um, is missionary recruitment. um, And I I would even even say part of development, right. Helping them find the right place that they can serve. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. But um, for us at GCMI, we actually have a little bit more to it than that. There's a little more going on, um, a little more of a robust kind of mobilization. And and so on the one hand, yes, we are going to find missionaries. But on the other hand, we also want to mobilize the body of Christ. And so we also do that through things um, like, you know, equipping local believers um, through disciple making cohorts. Um, to help them feel more comfortable and equipped to be able to share their faith, to, to lead discovery Bible study kind of things. And then at the same time, we, we will train and even, even now coach churches who want to sort of really better engage their community. And so um, through church trainings and evangelism trainings and, and some coaching. So for us in mobilization, 
um, we're not just about getting missionaries in the field, though that's important. We're 100% behind that. But we're also very much about, too, of partnering with the church, getting the body of Christ, um, and, and whatever facet that may be, whether that's an individual or an actual sort of church body, into the harvest themselves. So I'm working not just with potential missionaries, but I'm also working with churches and, and believers. So, so really anybody who is, uh, who's kind of feeling that call, right? Like that, yeah. that, that call to be a worker in the harvest, whether they're, yeah. you know, a church goer, a church leader, uh, a future missionary on purpose, or, you know, like, like we talked about in your story last week, you were, you were that church leader who, as we began that conversation, yeah. ended up being a missionary in the field. Like you're out there doing it now. Um, so that that's that's your role, right? Like that's yeah, what we mean right. by mobilization. That's your role that, here at the organization yeah. is help those people find those next steps. Right. And that's and that's what I'm doing in Atlanta right now is is just meeting with churches, meeting with believers, visiting campus ministries, you know, really just being on the lookout for where is God stirring in a person's heart and how can we sort of help navigate them to the field? in whatever capacity that might be. So like one of the interesting things that we're experiencing now also are those who are looking for, you know, sort of second careers. They're they're hitting retirement age and they're saying, you know what, we want to do something impactful for the kingdom. Um, and that might be mission work. So, you know, we're even look, ha- having mobilization conversations with people like that. So that, that's a little bit Dave's story, right? Like he was a church planner and, you know, worked in several churches and then found himself instead of like retiring, joining the team to be a part of the Phoenix team. But you're saying like people in more traditional careers are, you know, finding themselves wanting to, to have a kingdom impact in their retirement. Yeah. I just, I just had a conversation last night with a guy in Washington state or yeah, it was last night. Um, and he's a teacher looking, you know, next couple of years going to retire as a teacher, put us 30 in looking for the next stage of life, man. That's awesome. To go to mission stuff. Yeah. That is awesome. So, so what, what's the, what's the obstacle we got? We got guys like you who are, are reaching out, helping people. Um, what are the, what are those hurdles? What are those hindrances? What are those things that are getting in the way of keeping people from, from jumping out and being engaged in the field? You know, I think obviously one of the first things that I run into a lot of is, is the equipping question. You know, I I don't know what, I don't know how to do it. Um, Obviously when you're talking about people in the pew, you know, the average person probably doesn't feel qualified, right? (laughs) I'm not a missionary. Right. I I don't know how to do it. Um, And, and so if I'm a church leader or if I'm a missionary, coming back to a supporting church, you know, obviously one of the things you want to do is like, how do I get these people equipped? Which is of course, I think where church trainings like evangelism trainings can help cohorts can help because that's, that's what you're going to run into. Plus, quite frankly, that's what we're supposed to do. Ephesians four, equip the saints for service. So, um, you know, if I'm a church leader listening to this going, man, I know I've got people in my pews. One of the things that's going to keep them from getting out of the pew is going to be equipping, right? The ability, feeling the sense of I can, I can do that. 
You know, it's it's funny. I I didn't think about this until until we're having this conversation, but you know, the number of people when I was in you know in in youth ministry, the number of people who would tell me that they couldn't teach Sunday school because they didn't go to Bible college, mm-hmm. and you know, right. and the obvious answer was like, well, let's just train them. Like it's not hard yeah. to teach Sunday school, and yet somehow, you know, these same these same, you know, youth pastors, guys like us, you know, a couple decades ago, um, you know, we, we don't have that same response when people feel unqualified to engage in evangelism, engage in, you know, a more robust discipleship. Like, mm-hmm. of, of course, the answer is, you know, get them some training, like get them, get them, you know, a resource, um, help them to feel confident, um, yeah, that's yeah, funny. I, I literally hadn't thought of that until we were just having this conversation. Um, oh, yeah, right. All the time. Yeah. Uh, the, the other piece of this, and this to me is the, the bigger thing, if you will, because I mean, you can handle equipping, but just because you give someone, you know, the ability to do something doesn't still doesn't mean they're going to actually go and do it is, you know, one of the things that I see jesus do in the scriptures is he releases authority right he gives people the authority to do stuff and whether you know luke 8 or 9 10 you look at that section of scripture that's what jesus is doing he's he's modeling behavior in luke 8 he calls luke 9 people to go and do it his disciples and then luke 10 he sends out 70 more to do the same thing that he was doing and that to me is probably the biggest hurdle that a lot of people in the pew feel which is this sense of like not not only can i i can't do it but like i'm not allowed to do it and this is where we as leaders and pastors need to really encourage and pass on authority and and i i think about the great commission and i think about all the years i've preached it and I know guys listening to this probably, or, or ladies preaching, listening to this probably feel the same way. Like, I don't know how many other ways I can preach the Great Commission. Like, I've done it. <laughs> um, but what I've realized recently is I've always preached it from the perception of responsibility. We have a responsibility to do this. And we do. It's a command. Like, it's not really optional, right? All authority, Jesus says. But at the same time, we have the right to do it. Like th- there's a passing on of authority where Jesus is, is bestowing upon someone the right to do it and the legitimacy to do it. Um, and I think that's where we need to come at it more with our people is uh, some of our people are like, well, I can't do that. Cause I'm not a, I don't, like you've mentioned, I don't have the Bible college degree right? or I, I, I don't work for the church or and, and the reality is, is Jesus has already given them the legitimacy to go do it. Like you've already been chosen. You, you're it. Yeah. And the church comes behind as a support. How can I support you? I think about how many times I've been in that com- this conversation with one of those people who come up and say, man, the church needs a prison ministry. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, and, yeah. and I've been that person that said, yeah. that sounds like something God is calling you to do right? But really what they mean is you need to do it. Yeah. But, but really the truth is that like, no, if you feel that calling, that's because the God of the universe has placed on you a burden that he wants you to do. 
and you you don't need me to legitimize that. I can help you. I can support you. Maybe I can teach you things that you need to know, but you don't need me to legitimize yeah. the calling that you have. No, that's it. They don't, you don't need a special title. You don't need a special degree. And so that that's your role, right? For us yeah. at GCMI is to help people kind of get past those hurdles, you know, but but you're you're not just working with those people, quote unquote, right? Like those people that are that are coming to you directly, but like, but helping church leaders see that that's their role in their church to to help their people in their pews and their in their congregations to get past those same things to see themselves as not only you know commanded to to fulfill the great commission, but allowed to yeah, go out allowed. into their neighborhood. Yeah. You don't have to wait for for the class, but like you don't have to wait for the degree, you don't have to wait for yeah. the certificate, but go out into your community and you know um engage with people. So yeah. So man, this is a this is a new role for you. You started, you know, beginning of the fall, what was it like August, September, you know, yeah. officially on the ground. Um yeah you know, what, what, why does this excite you? What, what gets you, what gets you excited about this role? I mean, um, I, one, I'm excited because I, I want to see more laborers into the harvest because the harvest is plentiful. It needs it. Right. Um, but what also excites me is there's a sense of like, there's a fulfillment that comes when you're serving Jesus and you're worshiping him in this way that is unique. And I want to see the body of Christ fulfill that. And I want to see them experience what it's like to live life by the spirit, what it looks like to live life by the guidance of the scriptures. What does it look like to really spend a life doing something fulfilling, rewarding, um, as well as I, I really want to see those who are called find that right place to serve you know um so it, it's it's twofold you know obviously it excites me because i want to see lost people come to faith in christ i want to see people who feel unloved to be loved but i also want to see the body of christ being the body of christ at its best does that make sense no absolutely yeah. and i know you and i talked about this a little bit earlier uh, before we were recording we were talking about this whole idea of of just the uh, the scale and scope of what does it mean to reach a city, to reach a mm -hmm. to reach a country, yeah. to reach a p people group, and like to think that our little team, you know, I mean, gosh, if if we go back to the recruiting model of you as mobilizer recruiting future missionaries, um, like how many people is it going to take for you to recruit to move to Atlanta to even reach one? one people group, one segment of the city, you know, for right. Jesus. But in, in this model of, of actually mobilizing, you know, lay believers, you know, ordinary people, um, mobilizing churches to, to see their city in a new way, you know, like how much faster and how much more effectively can we reach the city for Jesus? Absolutely. And, um, I know that's yeah. that's part of what excites me about this. You know, when I sure. first met Jared and first started talking to the to the the team, and you know, I think there were 
I think there were four or five that were were on the team in New York at the time, and they're in one little section of one of the boroughs, like, and you know, and we're going to have this this global impact from this one little place. And then as Jared and I started talking about what this kind of mobilization means, and and really, you know, empowering you know ordinary believers to become you know, ambassadors for the gospel and like, oh, well, well, maybe yeah. we can do this. <laughs> like maybe yeah. we do have a hope if it's not just a couple of, you know, paid professionals out there doing the work, but it's actually, you know, this mobilization strategy that's going to get us, you know, out into even more places that, that we'll never have the opportunity to go. Oh yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, you think about, think about that team in, in New York city, I mean, I live in Atlanta, so we have about 6 million people, right? And, and if that little team in New York City, 6 million people is basically the number of just internationals in the city, not including the city yeah. itself. I mean, <laughs> good gracious. And, you know, um, trying to reach that, you know, we, right. we talked about Phoenix and the size of Phoenix. And honestly, a team of four is still swamped just by sheer size. Yeah. But well, Phoenix is geographically so big in addition to right. numbers and like, oh, I mean, it's yeah. just a spread out place. It's yeah. But to, to see it spread and to see the body that, you know, just the, 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 to be able to get more people in the field, it's just gonna have greater impact, just bottom line. And you're just gonna have a greater impact. Um, so yeah, mobilization is, is super, super important. And it's, it's, right now especially where we are as an organization it's a priority i would say yeah no absolutely so. well hopefully um hopefully as you guys are listening today and and um you, you can hear just how much mobilization is important to gcmi like obviously it's important to joey that's that's his primary gig um but but really the fact that that we were doing mobilization this way is what attracted him to join the team to begin with because yeah. because it's not just recruiting more missionaries and 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 understand we want to recruit more missionaries if you're interested oh, yeah. right. in reaching people who are far from Jesus cross culturally like we want to talk to you about being a full-time mission catalyst on our team but Absolutely. if you're you know sitting in an ordinary job or maybe you're you're the pastor at a church and you're looking around your city and seeing that you know gosh there's there's a lot of opportunity here um we want to talk to you too because we right. do want to see Absolutely. how our experience and our resources can help mobilize you know whether it's you directly or you know your congregation we want to see how we can be a part of of a bigger multiplied impact in the city and yeah. so and don't limit your don't limit it by the city you're in or the community you're in that because i know there's some pastors that may listen to go well i live out in a little no you know i'm not that far or i don't live in a big city there's a harvest that's a promise and so we want to mobilize the body of christ wherever that harvest is so i mean obviously we love cities we're, we're we're for it but i mean you know there may be somebody who feels like their city is is small right what am i no well, you there. yeah, you and I have talked about this before, and uh, we'll definitely talk about it in a future episode. But 
but the the little tiny nothing towns that I've run into some some rather extreme you know people from other parts of the world um and and honestly just coincidentally right like you know yeah. once or twice I've I've gone out looking for stuff but once or twice I've just bumped into people from other parts of the world that were so unexpected um even for me like I I I mean like this is what we do like of course there's global people everywhere and then I, I'm still shocked and surprised yeah. that like here's this, you know, yeah. this yeah. restaurant owner from Jerusalem in the middle of the woods in the middle of you know Peoria, Illinois, and like how did that even happen? I don't, I still don't know, mm -hmm. you know. So, anyways, um, I I think that's uh, all the time we have for today. Yep. Um, do it. If you, again, if you can't tell, we're excited about mobilization. We're excited about people meeting Jesus. And we're excited about doing our part to help others do their part to, to see that happen. Uh, if mm -hmm. you've not already subscribed, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast so that way you don't miss future episodes. Um, we're, we're currently posting content every week on Wednesdays. And so if you go to globalcitymission.org slash podcast, that'll give you links to subscribe to the podcast on whichever podcast apps you're using. It'll also give you uh, the ability to listen to the podcast directly there and get a little bit of a primer. If you're new to our podcast, um, go back and listen to season two, episode one, where we kind of talk a little bit about the relaunch. And then we have a number of episodes from season one that are highlighted that cover some specific things that we think are just a great introduction to Global City Mission Initiative and a great introduction to the type of ministry that we do and how it could be a resource to you. So thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week.